good evening. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> really glad that you're here, and I just want to honor you for a moment for investing this time with us. Whatever it took for you to get here and take the time out from where you would otherwise be on a Friday night, thank you. And I believe that it honors the Lord and that he is excited about meeting you tonight. And it actually means something to him that you would give him this time, that you would give him this evening. And um, I just feel like there's this gratitude even in God's heart to see you gathered together before him tonight. So thank you for being here. I honor you for being here. Uh, tonight, we are going to talk about healing and miracles. <laughs> and I actually believe that uh, healing and miracles are central to the good news of the gospel and that miracles are a demonstration of the goodness of God that is fuel to us. It reminds us in a visible way that there's another kingdom and it's not just a concept, it's a reality. And that sort of punch in the gut that there's a reality that is uh, greater than the one that we're in is absolutely necessary along the way as we're following Jesus. And I'm really excited about this painting. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the artist? I saw him, but... Are you here, Ben? He's with the kids. Oh, bless him. <laughs> uh, because I feel like this is such a great illustration tonight as I'm sharing. Because this man, Jesus, that we follow, uh, I love that. And in his face, you can catch a bit of what he's like, what his personality is like. And Jesus is someone who is really passionate about the suffering. He loves to be near to the brokenhearted. He loves to be close to those who are hurting. It's the kind of person he is, but he doesn't do it like bogged down and weighted down and overwhelmed by the suffering that he's interacting with. He does it like that. And I think the reason why he's able to do that is because he's living with this awareness of the possibilities of the world he's coming from. So if you're interacting with the suffering and you're really overwhelmed by the suffering you're interacting with, you've probably lost sight of the provision of the world that you've come from. But if you care about people and you carry compassion, you get excited and happy about being near the suffering because you know the possibilities of breakthrough and healing and miracles that are available to people that are hurting. So healing ministry is this joyful bridge between heaven and earth that we get to be a part of because of Jesus. And the more that we can be aware of the realities of his world, the better we can release his world into ours, which is our commission. And this man, Jesus, 
did this for us. Surely he took up our infirmities and he carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced, right, people of God? He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And I just began to ask God, would you make me like a child? Would you give me faith like a child? So that I could more be more someone who's like on the default of childlike faith than the default of skepticism. It's when we become like children that we get to inherit the kingdom of God. And as I began to get more exposure to healing ministries and places where healing was happening in a sovereign and miraculous way, like in that meeting, the gospels absolutely came to life to me. Because these interactions that Jesus was having with people, they weren't just stories. They were testimonies. They were experiences that real people had. Where with one interaction with Jesus, everything changed. And I began to love it. And early on, uh, I just wanted to see miracles. And I'm not saying that's the purest motivation, but <laughs> I wanted to. When someone said they were hurting, it was like, yay! <laughs> Can I pray for you, <laughs> you know? And Mitch and I were like that. We were like that in college. We would pursue people that were walking with canes or, you know, sprained ankles. I remember watching Mitch pray for like four or five sprained ankles outside of the student center, just really believing that God wanted to move through his people in this way. And then, in our own story, when we hit the place where we actually needed healing, it changed for me. It wasn't just fun, it wasn't just exciting, something that I wanted to pursue. I needed it to be true. That God is more than a concept, that he's a powerful, powerful leader who intervenes on our behalf. And we have actually seen the deaf healed because Ruby Joy was medically deaf. And then through prayer and contending, healing prayer, she heard. And we saw congenital heart issues totally dissolve on the echocardiogram, gone. And in this journey of breakthrough and loss, and I know we've talked about it some already this weekend, if you are new here tonight, our daughter Ruby Joy did pass away when she was almost three years old. And we've had this process of, of grief and decisions in the midst of it. But healing for me has become something that's about his nature. It's just who he is. Okay. <laughs> 
It's just who he is. It comes from him. And there was a period of time during our loss and during grief, I could not pray for the sick. I didn't want to. And I remember being in the back of the service and they called for the altar prayer team. And I felt like the Holy Spirit told me, I need you to go. And so I went. Someone came up for prayer for healing of um, like a clicking jaw. And I had prayed for my daughter's jaw like, I don't even know how many hours and never saw that healed. And I prayed a quick prayer for this woman and her jaw clicks back into place. And she starts praising God. And I was so mad. <laughs> and then God called me to go be a part of Randy Clark's ministry, Global Awakening. <laughs> And I literally told the Lord, do you know what these people do? <laughs> they pray for the sick full time. <laughs> they do healing full time. I mean, it's like what they're all about. I don't think I'm a good fit right there right now. And I literally had to get deliverance when I got there. <laughs> because I was praying for people and they were getting healed and I couldn't handle it. So it's been this journey, but I literally thank God, friends, that I am preaching on healing tonight. <laughs> because people are still getting healed. Even in the last two weeks in our meetings, people have gotten healed. And if you and I throw in the towel, we just have no idea over the long haul what that impact is. And there's a period of time where I just did it out of obedience, but now I'm doing it with joy. Sometimes obedience precedes your desire. <laughs> but your desire will catch up. We'll catch up. I want to just give you a few scenarios here of healing. And I'm hoping that you find yourself in them. And it releases faith tonight. I'm having fun sharing with you. <laughs> In Luke 17, there are 10 lepers. How many of you are familiar with that story? Some of you? And I mentioned last night that I'm very passionate about the fact that Jesus healed more than the body that he healed the soul and the heart and the body. And if you're a leper in that time, you're outcast in every way. And some of you may have some kind of condition that makes you feel that way, that makes you feel separate from the flow of what life is or should be or is for other people. Maybe you have a family that fell apart and it makes you feel like you don't quite fit in how families should be, you know? 
Maybe it's actually a physical condition that limits what you're able to do or be involved in. You know, there are people that get headaches when they're around bright lights and they can't really come to church, right? I have a friend who was healed of migraines like that. Yay, God! <laughs> Just that journey, if you suffer in that way, in a way that actually limits where you can go or who you can be with, it can be really difficult. <coughs> in an extreme way, that was true of the lepers. And uh, Jesus healed them all. Like, at the same time. <laughs> Ten. Boom. And what happens when Jesus would extend his hand or extend a word and something would change in a moment? Light city. The kingdom of light. Break in. And suddenly that reality from another world was manifest in our world bringing his world with him. Do you know that the punchline of these 10 lepers being healed, what is it? How does that story end? Anybody know? Some became thankful and others didn't. <laughs> yes, so one came back to say thank you. And it, w it says that that man was actually made whole. He was healed in more than his body. He was healed in his soul. Some of you tonight, that's the healing you need. The capacity to feel gratitude again. Kind of lost it somewhere. I think that gratitude is one of the strongest medications for the heart. <laughs> and we get really sick when it drains. And some of you, that's what's going to happen tonight. Your capacity for gratitude will be restored. In Luke chapter 8, there's this rather famous healing moment with this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, gone to all these doctors, nobody could help her, right? And right before she gets to Jesus... Someone else gets to him who's advocating for a child to be healed. So someone's coming as an advocate before the Lord. And then we see this woman coming who has no advocate. And she's pressing her own way through the crowd just to touch him. And he knows that power goes out from him before... She's identified herself. And I think it's it Peter's like, he says, who touched me? And he's like, there's a crowd of people around you right now. Everybody's touching you. <laughs> no, I felt power go out of me. Isn't that amazing? That her faith put like a demand, a withdrawal on that world, his kingdom. And I just think it's such good news that she was healed. After 12 years of suffering, when Jesus turns around, he says to her, my daughter. He throws the spirit of adoption over this woman. 
actually takes ownership for her as a father. And he's addressing more than her body. He's healing her heart. You belong. You, this one who's felt all alone in your journey for years and years and years, contending for yourself, not finding any relevant help. My daughter. <laughs> one of the most intimate relationships. He, he puts that identity between him and her. And for some of you, that's the healing tonight. Either way, I'm saying physical or emotional. Maybe there's been a long-standing issue and the presence of God will come on you and it will change. For some of you, you feel like an orphan inside of your own life. And that's the word that you need. The my daughter. Or my son. Yeah. In Mark chapter 5, there's a rather dramatic healing of a man who was severely demon-possessed. And I love this story because it speaks of the possibilities with Christ. Nothing is too hard for him. Nothing is impossible for God. And I remember seeing it personified in a theater arts production one time, and they were using all masks, really beautiful, to share the gospel story. And when they got to this moment, when Jesus was interacting with a man who was oppressed by multiple demons, there was a mask with all of these heads on it. And when Jesus interacted with the man, the masks opened, flowered opened, and there was this, this scared face, single face inside of this frightened person. And I thought, yeah, you got it. <laughs> like, that's deliverance, you know? Like, it's not about all the noise and all the manifestations and all the intimidation. It's about that person inside that Jesus is passionate about setting free. There are times where we actually feel oppressed and it's not hard for God to bring freedom. And just so you know, your situation is not too much for him. If you ever feel like it is, go visit that story in Mark chapter 5 and you'll be encouraged. Everybody okay? In John chapter 8, we have this woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And around her, everyone's gathering up with stones to literally take her life. And some of you, this is the healing that you need. To hear the Lord say, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. To actually remove the shame, remove the accusation, and release you into a place of feeling and knowing that you are thoroughly forgiven and defended by him.
about the blind man in the spit. You may or may not be familiar with the fact that spitting on those with disabilities was common in that time. So the sound of spit is something that this man was probably really accustomed to. And Jesus uses the very sound that would have shamed him to heal his eyes, which is about more than his eyes, isn't it? Can you imagine going from being blind to seeing? I think it'd be scary, <laughs> right? A little overwhelming at first, like when you step into a place with bright lights. I often feel curious what people's transition was like after these encounters with Jesus. I mean, were they, was part of the miracle that they were just acclimated or was there a process? I don't know. But I do believe that this ministry is not just for Jesus, it's for us. So you just go ahead, flip through the pages of the gospel. It's hard to get even a single page over without reading about some kind of miracle where Jesus was bringing heaven to earth. And he says, go and do this, right? He sends out his few, he sends out, then he sends out the 72, and then he sends all of us out. Go into all the world, make disciples. These signs will follow you. It's just part of the good news. So I hope for a moment you'll consider with me allowing God to impart to us, even now, even tonight, childlike faith for healing and for miracles. And that we, with a joyful face, could be unafraid to get near to the suffering and in that place not be overwhelmed by it, but carry with us the graces of another world. in whatever God has called you to, in whatever he's called you to, I believe it's wisdom to factor in the miraculous <laughs> and expect that to be part of what is going on. Yes? Okay. want to read Luke 9 1 when Jesus had called the 12 together he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick John fourteen twelve. most assuredly I say to you as I say to you tonight as I say to myself in faith, he who believes in me, the works that I will do, he will also do, and even greater. Matthew 4, 23, I love this expression. 
Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering from severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. I love that expression because it's like extreme. Various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed. <laughs> That's good news. I remember when I first started taking risk and praying for the sick, I would only pray for headaches. <laughs> I'm like, I have faith that God can heal your headache. <laughs> and I was asking God to grow in the gift of word of knowledge, which is a piece of knowledge that the Holy Spirit will give you about something he wants to do. And I felt like God gave me a word of knowledge that he was going to heal a left knee in the mall that I was going into. And so I just started asking people, do you have left knee pain? <laughs> and they were telling me, no, over and over, no. Do you have left knee pain? No. And I got kind of frustrated and I decided somebody in this mall surely has a headache. So, true story, the next guy I see, I said, hey, do you have a headache? And he says, no, but I have left knee pain. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. I missed it by one. He said, I think I'm going to have to have surgery in this whole thing. Ugh. It doesn't say he just healed headaches. So suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed. We're called to carry this kind of faith, friends. In the process of pursuing healing, I've you know, struggled at times with, is it God's will to heal when you have the victories and you have the defeats and and how do you understand that? And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But here's what I do know. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact representation of his being. So whatever we see in the life of Jesus is an exact representation of who God is. He is the image of the invisible God. And what's good news for those of us who need healing or are ministering healing is we just don't ever see Jesus turning someone down and telling them it's not the Father's will for you. So I don't know how to put together the mystery of what we sometimes experience, but I have this confidence that what we see in the life of Jesus is an exact representation of the, the being of God. He is the image of the invisible God, and we can have that confidence. And I do believe that God heals in different ways. I do believe that he will use medical support, that he will use different types of services, yes. 
I think what's important is to know that he is carrying a passion for the suffering, Mm -hmm. that the suffering would be relieved and that we have a role to play with joy and drawing close to those who are hurting with hope for breakthrough. Yes? I was in a meeting and I had a word of knowledge for just the name Eric and I felt like maybe a pain down the neck or something like that. And it was a huge meeting and I had a big line of Eric's just extending, you know? <laughs> and this is a little, maybe a little weird, I don't really know why, but something drained into his mouth and he spit it out. <laughs> Began to check his symptoms and then run like a crazy man around the room, praising God. <laughs> he believed he was healed. Recently, Mitch had a word of knowledge for, uh, was it fatty liver disease? Liver. Liver, yep. Guy came forward, prayed for him, went back to the doctor, totally healed, dissolved. I think it was two weeks ago, there was, we had a word of knowledge for a baby under the age of two is what I felt that needed some kind of miracle. And uh, there was a child there that was not able to eat solids and I think they were processing feeding tube or what they were going to do and after prayer the baby ate for the first time (laughs) solids like swallowing yeah it's really beautiful so we have successes we have failures but we have this model that we are pursuing wholeheartedly being part of valuing the kingdom of God and the reality and the power of it breaking into our world. And I want to be more a part of that. Yeah? Okay. I want to pray for you, with you, but what we're going to do is share a few words of knowledge that we feel for tonight of things that um, God may want to highlight to heal And then we're going to open up the altar just for anyone who wants prayer for healing. I feel like there's a grace here tonight for healing. And for some of you, it can be physical healing. For some of you, it may be emotional or mental. It could be anything, really. Um, Even that sense of, I want to know, that spirit of adoption, that, that feeling of being able to be at home inside. Maybe there's some of you who have lived with a trauma for a long time that torments you inside and you would want prayer for that, for healing. Um, I believe that healing will happen tonight and there's a grace. And so when we open up the altar just in a moment after we do the words of knowledge, uh, I just would ask that when you come forward that you have something specific you're asking Jesus for. I want healing for something. And I believe that he'll, he'll meet you in that place. And even beyond what's about to happen here tonight, which I think will be significant, I hope that you will get excited (laughs) about faith growing inside of your own life to see God move with power through you. You are made to be part of this great commission of extending the kingdom of light and watching his world break into ours. Yes?
Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him, but been far from him. We want to give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day and help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.